0: We are having a few talks about the concept of psalms to live by, psalms to live by, and just uh, poking around through some of the different psalms and uh, concepts, ideas, insights, revelations, thoughts that uh, could help us live abundant lives. So today... I want to uh, read through Psalm 110. There's four verses of it anyway. Psalm 110 is actually uh, the most quoted Old Testament scripture in the New Testament. So uh, it's a, it, these are verses, these are ideas that were part of the Old Testament mindset uh, and have made their way into the New Testament mindset as well. So Psalm 110. Verse 1 says, The Lord says to my Lord, or Father God says to Jesus, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power, In holy array, from the womb of the dawn, your youth, or your offspring, are to you as the dew. The Lord has sworn, will not change his mind, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Uh, Today I want to take a few moments and talk about this idea of ruling in the midst of your enemies ruling in the midst of your enemies. Um, I've got a couple of snippets that, uh, as we walk through these verses, that I think uh, clarify or identify a person, uh, a mindset of a person that God can use. Uh, This Psalm 110 is really uh, what is called a messianic psalm. Uh, It is about the Messiah who's coming. It is foretelling uh, some things about Jesus, but there are some ideas in here and some mindsets in here that can position you and I To get into a place where God can use us So I've got eight of these and I've got 39 minutes and it's gonna happen in the name of Jesus He he do it again That's what we're just saying anyway Number one is having a revelation of God's greatness. Uh, A person that God can use has an understanding of the greatness of God, the greatness of the plan of God, the greatness of the purpose of God in the earth. So uh, Psalm 110 verse one says this, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Just a reminder, church, uh, we are involved in an enterprise that cannot fail. Uh, God's purpose will never fail. Uh, God's house will never fail. God's plan will never fail. Uh, it is, as history shows us, there are governments that fail. Uh, there are economies that fail. There are businesses that fail. There are styles that used to be cool, but now, if you looked that way, it would be a failure. <laughs> there, is, uh, there are all kinds of things that are going to come and go in the cycle of living as human beings but I think the thing that we have to constantly remember and coming from a biblical understanding being reminded of this uh, in church on a regular basis is that all, all things that are coming to pass are coming to pass and it's all gonna ultimately fail uh, and but there's one thing that's never gonna fail And that is God is going to cause all things to become a footstool for his feet. Amen. So you you might be in the middle of a situation that doesn't look like that is happening. But can I just assure you that God is at work. And he's going to ultimately going to make everything come under the submission of Jesus Lordship. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. And that's what you and I are involved in, is, is that, spreading that message, uh, declaring that truth, and making sure that our lives are built on that idea that uh, it, you, know, you may go through a business failure, but Jesus is still Lord and he can pick you up again. You may go through a relationship failure you may go through all kinds of stuff that that can fail Uh, our economy is is crazy things are going on but what you and i have to keep falling back into is this idea that god's purpose god's plan god's house is not going to fail first corinthians 15 verse 24 says then comes the end when he delivers up the kingdom to the God and Father, when He has abolished all rule and all authority and power, for He must reign until He has put all His enemies under His feet. You're not. Gonna, you're never going to hear this on the news. Uh, you, you're never going to see this paraded through most of social media, because even a lot of social media. You might be on social media. I could be on social media. How many of you know that there are some things that are being said on social media that are being filtered out completely? Just here to remind you one more time, God has sovereign rule over all of history. God is ultimately in charge of all of human history. So whatever you are doing with your life, you want to make sure it's attached to the greatness of God. It's attached to the plan of God. It's that your life has meaning when you attach yourself to the purpose of God. So we are not serving a weak God. We are not serving any emaciated kind of hope so God. We are serving a God who reigns over all of history. Somebody say, Amen. 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 Second idea that uh, comes out of this psalm is this. We are indispensable to his plan. We are indispensable to his plan. So verse 2 says, The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying rule in the midst of your enemies. The scepter of a king was really the extension of that King's authority and so if somebody was coming before the king and they were being judged whether they would live or die or whether they would be given a position of favor or they were being demoted what the king would do is would stretch his scepter out with a yay or or an nay, the the tool that designated his authority you and I are the strong scepter in the hand of God in the earth. And uh, I know this sounds a bit um, plain maybe, but I I think it gets overlooked. The only way God is ever going to do his will in the earth is through people. So you are indispensable. Indispensable in the plan of God. God extends his authority into the earth through us. And a lot of times you can discover what your place is, how God wants to extend the scepter of his authority through your life by what bothers you or maybe what you have a vision for. But the truth is you are not just a bystander in life. You are are not just kind of watching it all go by. God wants to use you. You you are placed on the earth to be an ambassador of an incredible kingdom, the kingdom of God. And I say say this because I know that just sounds like, well, duh, uh, that's what God would do. But I watch a lot of people who are Christians who don't do anything. (laughs) Nobody in this service, right? But there are so many people that they just kind of sit back and observe and maybe even have ideas and thoughts. But the truth is God is going to work in a partnership with his people. I think it would be an incredible thing to see a church that was 100% full of people who are actually engaged in doing something. Amen. We're We're not doing something like to earn the approval of God. We're doing something because God does what he does in the earth through his people. You can bring the presence of God. You can bring the authority of the kingdom of God. You can bring the will of God into a situation. Maybe God put you into the middle of a difficult situation. Maybe he put you there so that he could do something through you to bring heaven into the earth through you. So we are the the strong scepter in his hand if we will let him use us. Without him, we could not do his will in the earth. We, it is so beyond human capability. But without us, he will not. He has confined himself to be working in the planet through his people, Amen. the strong scepter that is in his hand. Amen. Amen. The third idea uh, I see in this passage is the mindset of a person that God could use is they have a ruling mentality, a ruling mentality. So verse 2 again says, the Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. We have to learn how to rule in the midst of our enemies if we're waiting for all the enemies that arise against us, whatever they might be, if we're waiting for those things to go away before we actually step up to do the will of God, we're going to wait a long, long, very long time. And what I'm saying in this idea of ruling in the midst of your enemies is us learning how to carry a victorious spirit in the midst of every difficult situation. I don't deny the fact that probably everybody in this room is facing off with something that they would consider an enemy. You know, there's so many things that, that could be going on in our life. But you and I have got to learn that those enemies of our destiny, those enemies of, uh, of what God wants to do in, in our life, we got to learn how to carry a spirit of victory in the midst of all of those enemies. Can you hear what I'm saying? Man is appointed to rule over the work of God's hands. But there, there is an... Until factor this verse one is telling us until all his enemies are made a footstool for his feet, there is a now but not yet reality. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, talks about this idea that that there it is it it is now the rule of God, the reign of God, the the power of God, the purpose of God, the kingdom of God. It is. Now, but not yet in full display. And so the call for us is to recognize the God-given authority that we have been given in life, that you would carry this spirit of royalty. You're a prince. You're a princess. Come on. Somebody thinks they're a princess, right? You, you carry this spirit of rulership. Yes, there are enemies that surround me, but I'm still going to live with a God-given authority. I'm not going to let those enemies steal my faith, steal my joy, steal my peace, steal my life, steal my calling, steal my purpose in life. And I'm not waiting for everything to settle down before I just rise up, And do the will of God before I rise up and praise God before I rise up and I love Michael's testimony it's like fear was is an enemy running his financial life and he's going in the midst of fear in the midst of the enemies that would come against me I'm just gonna step up and I'm gonna do the will of God I'm gonna rule in the midst of my enemies right so through, through, all the, through all the stuff, all the sin that comes against us, through the sickness that wants to enter into our world, through the sorrow that we face at times, through the confusion that is in life, through the pain that we all walk through, through the struggles, through the the disappointments, through everything that the world throws at us, you got to remember that in Christ, you've been made a conqueror. You, you, You are called by God to rule in the midst of your enemies. Don't play the victim card. And that's not a fuss against somebody. You're only hurting yourself if you, if you play the victim card. If you say, well, the reason I, this is because of that. No, you got to live today in the power of the world that's to come. It's now, not quite yet. There's still stuff going on but we take the power of the world to come, the final ending, where it all is made, a footstool under his feet. We live in the power of that in the world we live in now. Right? We, we, we live in the spirit of what will be, but it's not fully yet. But we have a glimpse. We kind of see it. We have a, a, a thing, and so when an enemy comes against your life, whatever that enemy happens to be, we gotta live in the spirit of ruling in the midst of our enemies. So, you know, we look back at the original intent of God when he created mankind and put him in the, in her, in the garden of Eden, and we look at what God has intended and how it was stolen away from us. And we look forward to what's going to be the restoration of what God started at the beginning. So he always had good in mind. He always had healing in mind. He always had blessing in mind. He always had favor. He always had peace. Always had that in mind. So we we live, even though crazy things might be going on, your car might be messing up. Your job might not be so great, but we, we live for a world that's yet to be while we're in this world that we find ourselves in today. So I, I'm just here to encourage you to keep ruling in the midst of your enemies. No matter what's going on, just keep worshiping God. Right? Just keep worshiping God. He hasn't changed. If all this stuff is going on, God's still the same. Keep keep praying. Keep serving. Stay in church. And learn to rule in the midst of your enemies. Fourth idea that's in this passage is this. A willingness to be used by God. So verse 3 says, Psalm 110, your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. God's army is a volunteer army. You, you come to this church or a person goes to any church because they choose to. And the Bible says that God's people will volunteer freely. Amen. One, of the, one of the distinguishing marks of a true believer is that believer is saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What is your will for my life? God uses people who are willing to be used. They don't think they're great. They don't think they're the best. They're just willing. They're just willing to do the will of God. They will volunteer freely in the day of his power. Jesus taught this idea, John 7, 17. If anyone is willing to do his will, in other words, you've already said yes before God has posed the question. If anyone is willing, because some people are sitting back going, God, I want to do your will, but first can I know what you got planned? Because, but if anyone is willing to do his will, he will know. The willingness precedes the knowing. He'll know about the teaching, whether it is of God or if I'm just speaking for myself. If you're willing, you will know. If you've got a yes before the question is even asked. I spent a lot of the early years of my ministry dragging rocks, trying to get people who weren't willing to do the things that willing people would do. So I saw potential, I saw giftedness, I saw capacity, I saw something great, but there was no willing spirit. So I found myself in the first few years of ministry propping people up, babysitting, spoon feeding, trying to help people who really, they didn't want to change. And until somebody is willing to change, ask anybody who really works with people who need change. They will tell you, if they're not ready to change, there is nothing you could say, there's nothing you could do, there's no shame, there's no guilt, there's no reward, there's nothing you can do to get them to change. And I found myself dragging rocks, and, and I use that analogy because rocks don't move unless they're being pushed or pulled. So when you stop pulling, they stop moving. That could be a song. When you stop pulling, they stop moving. And then I saw this Psalm 110 verse three, God's people will volunteer freely in the day of his power. And here's what I began to realize People come to church because they want to. People come to church because they love God. People are the church because they love God. There's nothing you can do that will make them come to church, be the church, if they're not willing. People pray because they love God. People give because they love God. People serve because they love God. Because God's people will volunteer freely in the day of His power. Am I preaching this right? Yeah. People worship. You know, there's a part of me that, like I really want our church to be a praying church. But I realize People are only going to pray when they want to. There's no amount of me chiding or urging or begging or pleading, even though sometimes I follow myself guilty of that. Then I go repent because it does nothing that's good for my soul. People worship because they love God. You can't do anything with the unwilling. And you'll find yourself frustrated entirely by trying to get the unwilling to do the things, but God can do so much with somebody who is just willing, just ready to say yes, just ready to step up. Okay, that idea has blessed you enough, I'm gonna move on. Number five is people that will be used by God, having the mindset that can be used by God is leaning in to the power of God. Your people, verse 3, will volunteer freely in the day of your power. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says the kingdom of God doesn't just consist in words, but in power. God is a powerful God. Right? God's kingdom is a kingdom of power and I think it's always healthy to have a hunger to see a demonstration of the power of God. To have a to have a desire to settle for nothing less than the manifestation of God's kingdom with power. It's like I see our prayer wall and I go and I pray over it and I see those needs and there's so many of them. and they're so all over the map and it's healing, it's addictions, it's marriage, it's direction, it's, it's all kinds of things. And I'm never just gonna go, oh my gosh, this is too much. Right. I'm just gonna go, you know what? God's kingdom is a kingdom of power. In a day, God can turn the corner for somebody. In a day, God can bring healing. In a day, God can do. And I just don't want us as a church to never, ever Settle for anything less than a supernatural church. I'm not. I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about believing for the power of God to move. You got. You got to know miracles are never that far away for God to do something. I, I, last week when Jessica was up leading prayer and she's talking about her dad uh, was diagnosed with cancer several years ago and they gave him a 20% chance to live. And she said, he lived, God touched him, he made it through. And sometimes we all go, yeah, that's awesome. But we forget the guy only had a 20% chance to live but the power of God came through for his life. And it's not that far away. I've told this story before but I remember being in a prayer meeting one time and just had this picture of the membrane that separates heaven and earth is just literally just within reach like you could reach up and worship you can reach up in prayer you can reach up in faith it's not way off it's very near and the power of god can change anything it can change everything the sixth idea that i want to look at today is the person who has the mindset that can be used by God is set apart for God's glory. So Psalm 110 verse 3 says, your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power in holy array. And that's what I want to focus on that word, that holy for a moment. I think I don't know that we always get the concept of holy exactly right. Hol- holiness To be holy is to be separated. So when we're talking about living in holy array, it's not like we're perfect in rule keeping. Come on. You know you've messed up this week, probably this morning. If you haven't messed up this morning, you'll mess up by the time the afternoon is over. <laughs> and sometimes we keep disqualifying ourselves because we think we're not holy enough. But holiness is not just about behavior. We we are we're not when we're when we're holy we're not just separated from sin, we are separated unto the Lord. It's like, I belong to the Lord. Uh, I'm wholly I'm set apart for the Lord. And because of that, I just wanna make sure that I'm not hanging out by the fence of compromise, but that I go ahead and get all the way in because I've been separated under the Lord. And I think the idea of living in holy array is we're not perfect in our behavior, but we love the truth in our inner man. And when we mess up, not if, when we mess up, we're immediately going, I don't want to do that, I don't want to live that way, I don't want to make those kind of choices, I don't want to look at that, I don't want to say this, I don't want to hang out in this situation. And, but what's behind it all is not just trying to earn God's approval with good behavior, what's behind it all is my life is set apart for the glory of God. Right? I, I'm living for His... I'm separated, set apart for the glory of God, right? So, uh, So what we do, everything we do, we're doing it because we've been set apart for God. Why do we want a great church? For the glory of God. Why do we want to have magnificent praise and worship? For the glory of God. Why do we want to see people prosper in their career, in their business, for the glory of God. Right? Why do we want to see healthy, thriving marriages and families for the glory of God? <laughs> Set apart holy array for the glory of God. The seventh thing is being born again. So Psalm 103 again. Your people volunteer freely in the day, your power in holy array. From the womb of the dawn, your youth or your offspring are to you as the dew. I got just a couple minutes to develop these last two ideas, but, I, but I, I hope some lights will come on for us. Being born again is when the nature of God gets implanted inside of us. When I was first born, I was born into sin. So the nature of sin lived strong inside of me. But when I became born again, the nature of God got planted inside of me. So it wasn't just you know, I quit smoking, chewing, drinking, it's that within me, God put the nature of God. When you get born again, the nature of God is put inside of you. 1 John 3, 9 says, no one who's born of God practices sin because his seed, the Greek word is sperma, which you know what that is. <laughs> but because his DNA abides in him. God's DNA abiding in you is not just making you be a good boy or a good girl. The DNA, the nature of God, abides in the person who is born again. And he cannot sin because he's born of God. By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God nor the one who does not love his brother. And so when you get born again, there's some kind of DNA inside of you that says, I'm not just the person that came out of my mom's womb. I've been born again. The DNA of God is inside of me. So all the all the generational curses, all, all the family stuff that I was born into and come out of, I've been born again. And because when I was, you know, I was, when I was born into sin, I loved sin. I was proud of sin. I would I would boast about, man, I got so wasted last night. It was awesome. It was stupid. But now It's not, I didn't get wasted last night, by the way. But there's something in the DNA of me that doesn't want that anymore. Can't say I'm perfect, but I don't want that anymore. 1 John 5, 4 says, whatever or whoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Whoever's born of God, born again, one of the offspring of God, however you were born the first time, does not have to define the rest of your life. Come on, that's a big idea to get a hold of. When you're born again, the seed, the DNA of greatness is placed inside of you. And then the last idea that I wanna talk about and then we'll pray together is the kind of person has the mindset God can use is a praying royal priesthood. So verse four says, the Lord has sworn, will not change his mind. You are a priest talking about Jesus forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek was found in the book of Genesis, chapter 14, Melchizedek was a priest and a king. All of the priests of the Old Testament were priests after the order of Aaron, where they were just priests, but they weren't kings. But the book of Hebrews teaches us that Jesus is a priest, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And Second Peter says, you and I are a royal priesthood. Melchizedek was a priest and a king. And I'm saying to you that the kind of person that God can use understands, I am a priest, I worship God, I pray to God, stand in the gap for people, but I'm also a king. Uh, there's, there's an allocated place on planet earth that belongs to me and that this idea of being a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek is we've got one hand reaching to heaven and we've got our feet are connected to the earth and a royal priesthood understands that the value of releasing heaven into the earth changes everything. So when I stand in front of you guys and urge and try to get us to understand the power of a praying church, we gotta understand there is an allotment that is appointed for our church. There is an allotment that's appointed for you. And it takes an understanding that I am a king over my allotment from heaven, but I release that by reaching a hand to heaven as a priest. And as a priest, I'm worshiping. As a priest, I'm praying. As a priest, I'm touching heaven. And I'm bringing heaven into my earth, amen. I wanna pray with you, Ted. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, I know that there are believers in this room that want to be used by you. They want their life to count for something, something more than just collecting finances and stuff. But you want to move through us, God, to accomplish your will in the earth. So I'm praying, Father, as we've walked through all of these just snippets of what the mindset of a person that can rule in the midst of our enemies, I'm praying for every person in this room, God, that we rise up with a God-given authority in the life you've called us to live. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'd like to pray even more specifically, maybe you're here today, you've never surrendered to Jesus before. I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and if you're honest with yourself, there was a day where you used to be surrendered to Jesus in a way that you're not now. And it's time for you to come back home. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. And I just wanna take this moment to pray with you. And if you say, pastor, I wanna to surrender to Jesus or I need to come back to Jesus or I just wanna know for sure I'm right with Jesus, would, would you pray with me? Nobody's looking around. Would you just lift your hand say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Would you lift your hand to God? God bless you, God bless you. And just say yes to God, God bless you. Come on, anybody else, you just, in a moment, no shame in this, God bless you. No condemnation at all. It's just a moment to to come to God, to come back home, to, to make sure. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Thanks. All right, let's pray this prayer together. Everybody say these words after me. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life, I open my heart to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my lord i know i've sinned i'm coming to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness today is a fresh start it's a new beginning as i come to jesus help me become the person you created me to be amen come on let's thank the lord